Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child, and we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and welcome to our new series, Why Does My Child Need Dynamic Intelligence? And our first episode focuses on what is dynamic intelligence, and as Dr. Gutstein tells us, it starts really early in typically developing babies. We, the term we use, dynamic intelligence, is based on what we've learned about autism, what the research has learned about autism, which when you look at the abilities, you look at the deficits that keep people with autism from having a functional life, from being able to work, live independently, have relationships, um, their inabilities, their difficulties occur when they have to deal with dynamic environments where there's complexity, where there's unpredictability, where there's urgency, intensity, where they have to solve problems that don't, you know, they don't have experience with, where they have new situations that they have to deal with, where they have to work with new people who, you know, they don't know well and collaborate. There's so many where they have to make decisions where it's unclear what the right choice is. Um, those, are, those are the things we deal with in our daily lives. Those, we, we take those mental tools that we develop to do that, to work in what we call complex dynamic environments, to function in those environments, we take it for granted that we have those abilities. And what the research has shown definitively is that is what those very abilities are the things that prevent the people with ASD from being able to go on and function in a successful manner. Just, and, and those are not abilities that they're gonna be taught in school even in college. Um, so you can graduate from college and still fail. And we know that that's true, that the, the larger, there's a larger percentage of actually people with ASD now who are going on to higher education. But there isn't a larger percentage of people with ASD who are able to get employment or live independently. So they get through school and even higher education and they still can't function. And in fact, every year that they're out of school, the odds of them being able to function and get a job or function get worse for them and don't get better. So what the research has really definitively shown is there are a group of more, you know, sort of sophisticated, they're a group of mental tools and they have to do with learning to make decisions. They have to do with learning to um, capture your own experience, learn from your own experience, save it and be able to use it in the future. They have to do with being able to create, to simulate things, what we call simulation where you're able to mentally play out different scenarios to prepare yourself and also to review. Um, these abilities have to do with intuition, being able to um, be aware of your intuitive feelings and know when to use them, which we rely on all during the day. They have to do um, with being able to monitor, being able to go through and, and be involved in something and at the same time, have in the background being able to check on whether you're on task to check on whether the other person's understanding you and to go back and forth between being involved out there and monitoring things they have to do with those types of things um, and we've isolated exactly what those tools are and we've been spending the last years developing methods of how how to address those how to help children from a very young age and it's easier if we start with a very young age to build the foundations step by step and to provide parents with the tools to build those foundations 
and gradually develop the children's dynamic intelligence in those areas. And we've had some tremendous success so far. And um, it just really has made a huge difference in, in people's lives. And we've actually started working with children who, um, as young as two in, in the dynamic intelligence, after we've worked on some of the more basic things first, and we've worked with adults at different ages as well, teenagers as well, so we've really worked with a whole range of age groups. And um, it just makes a huge difference in, in their lives. And um, they're able to function independently, they're able to solve problems, they're able to see themselves as competent, their confidence dramatically increases, their interpersonal ability increases. I can't tell you everything. They, they start trusting their own experience. They start realizing that they can learn from encounters, that if things don't work out, they can learn from that and do better the next time. They learn that they can prepare themselves mentally. They can plan differently. Um, they learn that they can adapt. And um, when things aren't working out, they don't panic. They just see it as normal. And they say, well, they know how to take a step back and figure out how to revise what they're doing, how to adapt with it. They see that as just part of what, what's supposed to be happening in the world. Um, they, they develop an enormous amount of personal knowledge. They become aware of their own needs. They become advocates for themselves because they start to know what they need to be able to be successful. Um, and they start to take what, what parents do with them in the guiding sessions and use it and apply it out in the world and actually learn out in the world so guiding just becomes one, one setting for their learning because they become um, empowered learners themselves. They learn about themselves and how to function in the world even when they're away from the guiding sessions. So I would tell any parent that if you want to really, um, the treatments that have been developed up to this point don't address what we know from now from years of research are the problems that prevent people from ASD to having success. They may sound good, but they don't, when you read the research, they don't correlate with those things. And what we've done is we very specifically created a match between the things that people with ASD are going to need to be successful and the things we start to work on from a very early age to make sure that they are able to do those things and are able to have success and don't have to go through life handicapped. So that's what I would say to someone starting is that this is the way treatment should be conducted. It should be based on what that, what those people need, right. To be successful. Um, you know, I, I think, I think one of the things that is, is so amazing is that this all starts so young mm. in development of us as little humans. And I think parents might not, you know, as you know, I have a daughter who developed typically and a son who did not. And so with her, it just kind of was happening. But, you know, I wasn't thinking about what was happening. No. And and I think that's part of the reason it's hard. It's hard to realize all that that you just talked about started in her almost yeah. from the beginning. If I look at my two-year-old grandson, he's already doing self. He's self-communicating. He's self-regulating. He's planning. He's considering goals. He's, um, you know, making, starting to make decisions. He's already starting to do these things at a rudimentary level. Um, he's using his imagination effectively. And so, you know, the, the research shows you have to start as early as possible in these things. These are not later things you do. And when you miss out on them, 
earlier, it's you have to then you have to do them later, and it just more and more thing, and then you have to undo a lot of things as well. And the other thing that research shows is how important parents are as guides, not necessarily directing this or instructing all the time, but guiding, making sure the child has an environment where they can grow, making sure that they have the right materials, and making sure that your your involvement is at the right level to facilitate what they're doing. Also building the motivation for them. One of the things that you know gets lost in the autism literature is the importance of intrinsic motivation. And there's been such an emphasis on external motivation, reinforcers and operants, that um, what happens is you, you start to see that children who may have a bunch of little discrete skills, but they don't have any of the motivations to sustain lifelong learning, learning, growth, development, mastery, um, and, you know, expanding their, their world. And one of the things we've had to emphasize is the first thing we're going, we do is we build those intrinsic motivations. We build that desire that's there. We make sure it gets activated. We make sure that all of our children are, are engaging with us because they're very motivated to do so. We don't have to use rewards and reinforcers we know how to develop those intrinsic desire for relatedness, for personal agency, be able to have more and more influence in your world, for seeking growth, for challenge and mastery, for autonomy. Um, those are the critical things that have to be developed along with you know, abilities. And, it, you know, and also habits too, the habit of stopping to reflect and learn from your experience, habits of thinking before you're acting. You know, there's a number of habits that have to become automatic along with motivation and along with mental abilities um, that we call mental tools. You know? And it starts early, you're absolutely right. Thank you, Dr. Gutstein. And thank you for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child, and we continue to encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.